Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Hello, Peter. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. 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 A uh, bit tired, but you know the is it is the phrase is it the phrase the dog days of summer are here or is that like the end of summer? What is what is that? Uh, what is that? I don't know. To me, with no. With, I mean, I have heard that once or twice before, but with no real understanding of what that means, I feel like it's the hot peak of summer. That's what I'm going to say. Okay, I've Googled it. Yeah. I can officially tell you that Dog Days 2020 will begin in Finland on the 22nd <laughs> of July and end on the 22nd of August. Really? Yeah. In Finland? In does it, Finland is what it Does it leave up. Finland at I any point? I don't know. That's just what it says right at the top. If you Google the dog days of summer, there's a special <laughs> box that says dog days 2020 in Finland will begin. So get ready, Finland. How exciting. How odd. Maybe uh, it's some sort of festival. It's like Crufts for a month. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Dog month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. It is the, it's, the hottest, it's the hottest time generally. Right, uh, which which it really isn't right now because it's sort of overcast and rainy. It's drizzling here, it's drizzling. Yeah, not mm. so. It's not the dog days. What I mean no. is, it feels like this year will never end. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it just it, sort of stretches out before us continually. It's the wading through treacle days of summer. Absolutely, that's yeah. it. Hey, speaking of wading, let's talk about mm. walking. Where are we going today? Oh. Oh, goodness me. What about uh, through a room full of dogs? Through a room full of dogs. I'm sure that won't be difficult to find. Uh, well, I hope people... I'll accept, you know, two dogs or more. Okay, two dogs or more. We can do that. Yeah. And the PNG of you and I will just sort of float mysteriously above all of them. Because yeah. it will be too much work to cut out the dogs so we go behind them. Right. Oh, don't. Yeah, don't worry about that don't at go, all. Don't go too mad. Uh, but before we go any further, Peter, into the dog room, who is sponsoring the podcast this week? Oh boy, it's a, it's a medical product this week. Are definitely real, a real sponsor. Mm. Um, uh, hey Ben, does it does blood come out when you pee sometimes? All the time. 
Yeah, you know when you go for a wee and just just sort of viscera and and blood and stuff's coming out all the time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Don't worry, we've we've got a pill for that. Oh, uh, new from Microsoft Studios. Uh, we there's this brand new medication sponsoring today's podcast for weirs of gore. Weirs of gore. Weirs of gore. Wow. So as in, when you say weir, you don't mean like a like in a in like a man-made aquatic structure. You mean no, no, someone I, who wheezes. Yeah, I mean the the slightly the slightly tenuous, possibly made up word weirs, as in. Yeah, the one who wheezes. One yeah. who wheezes. A yeah. weir. Okay. A weir of gore. Right. Um, and what will this pill do? Uh, it will actually make even more more gore come out in your oh, in your wee. Okay. Um, because the whole idea is like whatever's in there is trying to it's trying to get out. You know, there's something bad in there. Yeah. And um, if you just speed up the process, you'll feel much better soon. That's so. fair. I mean, do I have some questions? Mm-hmm. Do Microsoft Studios have any kind of pharmaceutical background? Uh, I mean, they sometimes they take like paracetamol and stuff if they've got headaches. So okay, well, I trust them. Yeah, they're familiar with they're familiar with pharmaceuticals. Right. Uh, are there any side effects? Uh, other than weeing more gore, not really. Uh, we do. I, I think it does say here what seven. 75% chance of death, but, you know, I like those odds. That's pretty low considering everyone's going to die anyway. Well, exactly. Yeah, I've, at the moment I've got 100% chance of death at some point so in my what I'm, life. what I'm hearing is that the Weirs of Gore pill will make 25% of takers immortal. One in four people will never die. They'll right. just continue pissing blood forever. That actually sounds um, horrible. Hmm. That sounds horrible. Well, well fortunately, <laughs> it's not real. No, come off oh, it. What? God, I, it got you good. I already put in my pre-order. Who did I just give money to? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you bought Gears, Gears of War by mistake. Oh, no, that's embarrassing, isn't it? Who wants that? <laughs> God, what are the odds that... I never noticed that before, that they sound so similar to each other. Oh, my How God, strange. they do. You're right. And Microsoft Studios, that's the same people who publish... Regular oh. Gears of War. God, it is. Yeah, jeez. Wow. God, how, how odd. Unbelievable. Oh, no, this this Microsoft Studios is like, um, their logo is Comic Sans. Oh, so it might wow. be, it might be a legally different or an, or an illegally different one. It must be Apple. It must be Apple. Yeah. Surely. Wow. Mm. What an amazing sponsor. Of course, that is fake because the real sponsors are the amazing patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as one dollar per month you can get access to the podcast post that goes out on Tuesdays and we get the questions on the Wednesdays and then we record on the Thursdays. So if you want to ask questions on this show, then you can do patreon.com forward slash team triple jump there's also other tiers available please consider supporting there and a huge thank you to our patrons one of whom is banoffee banoffee pie banoffee asks do you have a preference of difficulty option in games and whether they are included at all spyro crash breath of the wild and control to name a few are all excellent games with predetermined difficulty do you like this approach or do you prefer tailoring every element of difficulty like in the last of us part two thank you Manoffi. good question fantastic well actually actually oh god um, here he flipping goes 
Do you know that Crash Bandicoot has adaptive difficulty? It was one of the first games to ever have it. Ah, so if you're too bad at it, it will make the 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 other spin it boys may... less good at spinning. I mean, sort of, yeah. It makes the, the boulder go a lot slower if it keeps hitting you. Uh, it'll spawn you with a little uh, aku-aku sometimes if you keep dying all the time. Sometimes you keep dying in the same place over and over and over and over again. It'll turn the nearest box to that point into a checkpoint. You just wow. like add a new checkpoint into the into the game. Why did but, you uh, have to pull Bonoffi's pants down like that? We just you just lost us a patron. Well, partly just to plug, uh, you can find out information like this and more in Ten Things You Didn't Know About Crash Bandicoot, available on our channel right now. So there you go. <laughs> go and watch that. Go and watch yeah. that. Go and ask. Good video. And then go and watch. What go difficulty do, do you normally play games on that allow you to choose a difficulty? Apologies if you can hear my stomach as well. It's, I think I should get a, a second microphone just, just for him. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I ordinarily, if I was at home just playing a game casually for myself i would usually just play on the middleest difficulty possible normal or yeah regular cadet i don't know whatever it is mm-hmm. uh however i think there are a couple of uh occasions where i would play it on something easier than that so uh it would either for something that I kind of felt like I needed to to get through for work reasons so that I can talk about it, you know, in in full. Um, I might want to sort of blitz through. Uh, or something I'm only playing for the story. Um, so Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I knew that that was supposed to be a difficult game with its sort of Soulsborne style combat, people called it. Um, and I was like, I don't want to mess around with that. I just want to, I just want to you know, know the story. So I played that on probably the easiest mode. Um and uh, also on streams as well. Like at the moment, I'm playing Halo, uh, Halo Two on the easiest mode, just because I just want to, you know, I want people to experience the game as a whole and the story and the narrative without me just dying over and over again and streaming the same, you know, ten minutes. So, yeah, th- those are times where I would play on something easier. But normally, I would just go on on the middle difficulty. I very rarely play things on hard unless it's something that it's a game I really like and I've played over and over and i feel like i'm actually really good at it and it's like okay well now i you know i still want to play this game but maybe i can challenge myself a bit more but it's very rare that i would do that really mm-hmm. yeah um i suppose that you've probably played stuff on on you played a lot of games on all difficulties or the hardest difficulty for your trophy hunting yeah yeah, I have. I mean, if I'm just playing a game for myself or playing it through for the first time, like The Last of Us Part 2, for example, I would play it on mm. the bang middle difficulty. Yeah. And uh, and just go through it, and it provides a reasonable challenge without being overwhelming, and I can just enjoy the ride, as you said. Yeah. And also, if I'm streaming or I'm going for a clean-up trophy run, you know, collectibles and so on, I'll stick it on the easiest difficulty just so I can... Uh, blitz through it Uh, I did as I've mentioned on the podcast before play Batman Arkham City on the hardest difficulty on my first run through because I really wanted Mm -hmm. to feel like Batman and I did I did feel like Batman Peter oh it happened I was for for a brief moment I was Mrs. Batman oh remember that line uh yeah classic Millerism that one Um, I was Mrs. Batman I was Mrs. but I want to be Mrs. Batman uh and I think 
obviously there's Dark Souls and Bloodborne and so on that don't have difficulty options and I also don't think they have adaptive difficulty. In fact, in some of them, it gets harder. If you keep dying in human form over and over again in Demon Souls, your world tendency drops to, and it can drop all the way to pure black, at which point the game gets a lot harder. So if you're oh, rubbish... God. Uh, you're going to have a really hard time. So I think the answer is it, it depends on the game. It depends on the, the, the way you're playing it and and why you're playing it, as Peter said. Yeah. If it's for trophies, there's a good chance I've played a lot of games on the hardest difficulty. Didn't necessarily enjoy it, but it was uh, it was necessary for the pretend trinket at the end. Yeah. Give yourself a shiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Let us know. What difficulty do you like to play games on? Some people are mad. Some people are absolutely mad. Yeah, they are. Peter. Uh, talking of the verb to play. Yeah, it's to... Uh, it, yeah. it, time for, to talk about... Yeah. What we, what we, pl- what we playing? Playing. Pl- playing. It's time for... Whoa-whoa-pa. Whoop. Whoa-whoa-pa. <laughs> Peter, yes. you are of course the purr in Wawa Purr. Oh, thank you. What are we petering today? We're petering. Well, I've been petering. I continue to to peter a bit of Minecraft uh, in in my downtime. Nice. Since we started playing it, I, it's really I've really got back into it, and it's nice because we we are when we stream on on Thursdays, we play. Um, I mean, it's it's non-creative, but it's also on on peaceful mode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pete, I've been playing peaceful, a peaceful, peaceful, yeah. Mode. Uh, I've been playing a, or I've been petering a non-peaceful mode. Um, so sort of proper proper survival style, where I have to find all my own stuff and not die when I do it, mm. um, which has been super fun. And I've like, I've tried to, I've not really m- mastered it yet. I, I think this is possible but i've what i've tried to do now is build a little sort of station inside uh, a big cave system that i found so that i can put chests with uh i can put i can put minecart chests on the track and then press a button and like send the carts up back to my base without me having to go all the way back up there so i'll be able to like ferry stuff up and down amazing uh it's kind of pointless because you know your inventory can carry pretty much the same amount of stuff as a as a chest cart can, and I've almost emptied out the cave anyway. But it, as much as anything else, it was like, um, you know, it was like, can I do this? You know, I am I I want to I want to challenge myself to like find all the stuff I need for this, and uh, even though it's pretty much pointless now because in in mining all of the bits i required i've emptied out the cave of all the minerals so i no longer need to ferry stuff up and down mm-hmm. but yeah it's just it's nice to uh come up with with little projects and think what do i need next do i need a a, a farm or a you know do i want to like make some some piston doors for my base so oh it's so relaxing that game even just playing on your own it's uh it's very chill so nice. having a lot of fun with that. Other than that, though, continuing to obviously stream on Thursdays with you and uh, my other streams. I've been doing some more Spyro PS One uh, on the emulator, 
and uh, Halo 2 as well, which I think I've got one more episode of. So then I'll be moving on to, oh, I don't know, maybe Condemned Criminal Origins. That's exciting. Spooky. Yeah, spookums. Yeah. But uh, that that's it, really. Apart from what I've been streaming, uh, just a bit more Minecraft in, in my spare time, which has been nice. Fantastic. What have you been uh, banning? I'll tell you, wo-wo-wo-wo-ba. I mean, I think you can probably guess, to be honest. Yeah, I probably uh, can. It was Minecraft. Played a bit of Minecraft uh, as right. well last night, actually. Um, sort of reached that point in my own personal server where it's... Uh, I can't really be bothered to build anything now, so let's right. blow a lot of stuff up. And okay. so my friend and I dug a uh, sort of vertical holes all the way down to the bedrock and then flew back out placing TNT in a huge stack all the way back up to the surface. And we did this in sort of a grid shape uh, mm-hmm. with lines of with diagonal lines of TNT going between the corners of the of the square, so there was a lot of TNT placed, and then we just sort of set it off. And Minecraft is a lot more stable than it used to be in that it won't. It's un, you're unlikely to get it to crash from lots of TNT anymore. Yeah. But what it will do is sort of grind to a slideshow halt, and then the game will just sort of shrug and show you what it what the aftermath looks like and will stop showing you explosions because it can't do them anymore. Yeah, uh, it's like, hey, here's what here's what you did. We're just not going to show you the the cool bit where it happens. Absolutely. You don't deserve to see it because yeah. because you blew up a massive crater in the earth. So, that's always fun digging up, you know, a huge TNT pit and then exploding it into a massive ravine. And uh, mm. always enjoy doing that. And then also, we were playing around with wolves getting really angry at sheep. Yeah. And we built a sort of enclosure with a thousand wolves in it. Not a very big enclosure, mind. We put a stack of glass and and a sheep on the top. So all of them got really mad and came towards the sheep. And then we surrounded the glass block that it was on with water. So all these wolves were sort of just trying to go up this little uh, waterfall to get at the sheep. And it was Mm -hmm. deafening when you went over there because it was just... (laughs) But like times a thousand. And it made the server run very slowly. Even when Uh. you you were well out of view of the wolf bit, uh, it still didn't work very well. So it was just sort of messing around and that was fun. Uh, yeah. Apart from that, I played some piece of crap game. Am I right? Um, called The Last of yeah. Us Part Two. Finished it. Uh, finished it last week. God, it's a good game. That Ooh. really good. Um, it is one of the best games I've ever played. It's not perfect. I I do have criticisms. You know, obviously mm-hmm. art is subjective. I also got the platinum trophy, which Ooh. in a rare move for Naughty Dog, the platinum did not include difficulty trophies. So it oh, was good. finish it once on any difficulty and then do cleanup, basically, for collectibles mm. and a little bit of New Game Plus to fully level up your weapons and stuff for the trophies for that, you know, which wasn't too much of a hassle at all. Uh, and, and, and that was it. And I did a, did a tweet about, oh, I got the platinum and I had to block a few people immediately because it's very, very clear when someone's coming 
at any post about The Last of Us and not trying to engage in a level-headed conversation. It's yeah. very obvious who has and who hasn't played it. Because we got a question that has some criticism about the, the Last of Us Part 2 in it. And it was all it was all very level-headed. This person had clearly been playing it and they just had their own, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And that's absolutely fine. You know, I didn't include it this week because I, I don't want to get into spoiler discussions, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, it's extremely apparent when someone hasn't played this game and has already formed an opinion on it. Uh, because it's usually one extreme. It's just an extreme. <laughs> and there's yeah. no nuance to it at all. And they're identical as well. All these opinions are the same. Because um, they've been lifted from the same sort of hive mind. Exactly. The same sort of yeah. uh, nasty, venomous community that they all seem to live in together. Uh, so I had to block a few people, which is always fun. Uh, mm. But this game is incredible. And uh, I urge people to play it. It's sold it's the, it's the fastest selling PS4 exclusive so far. It beats Spider-Man. So it sold 4 yeah. million in a, in a couple of days or however long it was. So clearly the trolls, it didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, no. And the reviews yeah. are amazing and uh, people are starting to finish it now. And I think the, the tide is turning on the public internet conversation regarding the game, which is good to see. And uh, I, I urge everyone to play it as I did before. It's very, very good and, uh, and worth experiencing. Interesting that, isn't it? How the initial discourse is is so negative and stuff in that time period where no one could possibly have played it anyway because, like, within a few hours of it being out, it's like this game's crap. This game's crap. And then, strangely enough, after enough time has passed that like more people have been able to play it than not, mm -hmm. uh, who you know people who want to comment about it, suddenly the tide has turned and it, you know the prevailing opinion seems to be quite positive. Yeah. So how how odd that when you take time to actually play it suddenly it's it's good super bizarre isn't it yeah. i i spent a, a little portion of yesterday listening to a, a spoiler cast from kind of funny games with greg miller and he had yeah. on neil Druckmann, the, the the director and mm -hmm. uh, troy baker and ashley johnson who played joel and ellie respectively and uh, they talk yeah. all, all about this kind of stuff and uh, i don't know how anyone could listen to them candidly talk about these characters and think that they don't care about them uh, which seems mm. to be a central argument for trolls. So there we go. That's that's my piece. The game is brilliant. Please go and play it or watch a YouTube playthrough or something. Uh, mm -hmm. It's good. It's very, very good. And it's worth your time. Yeah. There we go. Very good. Well, that, that leads us straight on to uh, another question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which kind of the way I worded that implies that the next question is about The Last of Us, which it isn't. I just mean it's time for another question. Uh, who's this from, Ben? And what done they done said? Uh, this is from Pim Van Barsen, who does have letters in their name, which coincidentally is also what The Last of Us is comprised of, you know, name wise. They share letters, yeah. right? So there is a there's, there's a crossover there. There's some some A's and an S. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, any other? I think That's all the other letters don't actually exist in The Last of Us. Yeah, there's a lot of A's here though, so maybe there's an E. Maybe that's enough. Yeah, The Last of yeah. S. Yes, of course. Yeah, part twa. Uh, uh, my dudes. As a kid, a long time ago now, my parents were not at all keen on me playing video games and actively resisted me getting a console for fear it would affect my grades, etc. Did you encounter something similar? How did you overcome it, if so? And what would you say to parents displaying such an attitude now? As I know a lot of parents are very concerned about iPad gaming and the like. Well, Peter. Yeah. You and I are both uh, obviously 
uh, parents. Yes. Uh, so we know exactly what it's like to raise children. And no, obviously, we. I think we can probably only speak from personal experience as children. I wouldn't dare speak to speak to parents about how they should parent their child because, uh, good Lord, right. I can only imagine how challenging that is. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, before I, I do have one thing I would say about like what I think parents should and shouldn't do. Mm. You're right that like neither of us are in a position to really preach about this is correct and this is incorrect. But I do think uh, one thing that does frustrate me is when a quote unquote violent video game comes out or a game that quote unquote encourages certain behaviors you know, invariably, these games are, we've talked about this before, of course, are um, suitably, appropriately um, age rated. You know, the GTA, for example, it's an 18, you know, it's an 18. And hopefully most people by the time they're 18 have the kind of judgment and, and the kind of mental faculties that they're not likely to want to go and pull someone's teeth out with a pair of pliers. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there are always exceptions to the rule, but hopefully by the time you're 18, there you go. Uh, and equally, you're not going to be traumatized by things like that. Uh, however, some parents still go out and buy copies of games like GTA or Call of Duty for their children. You know, they know that the the kid can't go into the shop and buy it, so they go and buy it for them and give it to them. And then there are issues uh, as a result of that because these kids aren't ready to play games like that. And then the media love it. And they're saying, oh, look at these terrible games that are warping the minds of kids. It's like, well, the, the kids shouldn't be playing it legally. The kids should not be playing that game. So that is one thing I would say. I think, like, you know... Putting aside whether a, a parent thinks, oh, I like that or don't like that that game uh, and, and w whether I want my kid to play it, which we'll probably sort of come on to now, you know, certainly as far as actual legal age ratings go, I don't think kids should be uh, exposed to things, certainly well above their age range. I don't mind if it's a little bit of leeway personally, but, you know, you shouldn't be giving an 18 to a, an eight-year-old, mm -hmm. I would say. But uh, No, absolutely. Anyway. Little little rant there, a little bit of preaching. But um, uh, on the other hand, <laughs> when I was a kid, and I'm not saying this is right, I'm saying it probably wasn't right, uh, I think by the time I actually got my own console, my parents... I just I don't think they knew what I was playing. That's the thing. It's not that they knew that I was playing stuff that was probably a little bit out of my out of my league, but they just probably weren't aware. And that in itself is probably not a great thing. You should always, you know, hopefully you should be aware to some extent what kids are being exposed to but um yeah i was able to to play games that like you know maybe my friends had lent me uh or like a sort of hand me down from like an uncle or whoever who was like done with done with the game uh stuff that you know was probably a 15 or something like that uh you know, or i i certainly played uh, a little bit of um i've talked before about how i used to play duke nukem time to kill multiplayer which I don't know if it was an 18, but it was certainly quite gory. Um, if you shot someone with a rocket launcher, there would just be a red smear on the floor and like bits of their body uh, would would be sort of flying around. So, you know, that was that was probably not really something I should have been playing. Um, but uh, before I had my own console and I would just go around to other people's houses or whatever to, to watch them play. Though I think there was a little bit more um, concern from my parents at that point that, 
I wasn't going to go somewhere and see something that, you know, they weren't able to moderate. So, yeah, arguably, I would say my parents should have probably kept me on a slightly tighter leash, um, you know, because I can't very well go, oh, don't let your kids play 18s and then say, my my parents let me play 18s. Uh, so, yeah, I think I probably shouldn't have played some of the stuff I did as early as I did. Mm. Um, you were, I seem to remember you've said in the past that you, uh, when you first got your PlayStation, there was a Santa Claus had accidentally brought you the wrong thing, hadn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely got some uh, some games that I wasn't allowed when I when I first got my PS One. Some uh, secondhand PS One package wrapped up in a brown box covered in parcel tape. So I don't know where it had come from. Uh, yeah. But it was clearly somebody else's, just with a load of games. And my my parents took those games away and traded them in and got Final Fantasy VII from it instead. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that's the thing about your your point regarding not buying kids eighteen rated games. I mean, obviously you shouldn't. But I feel like almost everyone listening to this wouldn't be the person they were without either playing those games as a mm. having those games as a kid or knowing someone who was bought those games as a kid because I didn't have those games. I wasn't allowed those games, but my cousin had those games and I saw him yeah. quite a lot. I used to go and uh, go to his house quite a lot and he didn't live too far away. So I used to play Grand Theft Auto and Resident Evil and stuff like that with varying levels of success obviously. Uh at his and if I lived in a sheltered bubble not knowing these games existed. I don't think I'd be as into games, you know, even though I didn't own them myself. I'm glad my aunt bought my teenage, you know, 12, 13-year-old cousin GTA because yeah. if he didn't have it, I wouldn't have seen it. I wouldn't have known it existed. So, God, on the face of it, yeah, no, you shouldn't really buy those games for your kids, but uh, it's difficult to advocate for <laughs> for for buying them. But at the same time, as I said, I think everyone everyone listening has experienced 18-rated or adult-rated media before they were technically adults. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. It's, just, it's just difficult. I think it's just difficult to have a hard and fast rule on it beyond, obviously, the law that is there. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, to be honest, I made the point at first about don't buy 18s for your kids. And then as soon as I moved on to my experience, I thought, oh, okay, my parents I played 18s, bought 18s or 15s as a kid. Well, they didn't, I honestly, I don't think my parents did ever buy them for me, but I, I got them from other people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I played them as a kid and I thought it never did me any, any harm. So, and yeah, you're right. I kind of think I'm glad that I played those. So I think what I've really, to, to, to totally admittedly backtrack, what I should say is... Not necessarily don't buy those games for your kids, but there has to be what it's just my point is what frustrates me is when the media say uh, kids are getting warped by these games mm -hmm. and it's like, well, but technically someone has bought that that game for that kid. You know, you can't blame the kid. You can't even blame the video games industry because they they covered themselves by saying no one under this age should play this game. So I guess what my my point is, it's you have to be careful with the blame game, especially if you're in you know in the media. I so yeah, I I don't specifically think that kids shouldn't play those games because you're right. I I had a I had a good time with them. I I'm glad I played them, but 
don't go crucifying video game developers, publishers. Don't go pointing the finger at the kids themselves. Uh, you know, I think everyone has to just, I guess, know the limits of of, of your own children, or or you know, if or if they're your nieces or nephews or uh, cousins. You know, it's just everything sort of in moderation and uh yeah know know your child's limits i guess Mm -hmm. so if you think they can handle it or if you know they can handle it then then go for it it's a bit like a 12a you know it's like this is a film for a 12 year old but if you're with an adult who thinks you'll be okay and you're under 12 come and watch it you know that's that kind of idea Mm. i suppose is it video certificates are there to help you make the right choice or something. Yeah. Is that the phrase? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And there's a little tick at the end. So they don't put those on things anymore. Although I haven't, it's been a long time since I watched a DVD. So who knows? Maybe they're still there. They were certainly on VHSs. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Back in, back in today. Uh, in terms of my own personal experience, though, growing up, I, I wasn't allowed, I, I say I wasn't allowed gaming magazines, but as in I wouldn't be bought them. I would ask for them and I wouldn't yeah. get them. Um, so until I was a teenager and I started buying them myself, I didn't I didn't really consume any gaming media. Uh, and, you know, I had the, the whole limited screen time thing where it's like, no, that's enough. You've got to stop. I didn't stop. You know, I'd be playing games when I wasn't supposed to be playing games and I'd get told off. Uh, I know it's almost impossible to police nowadays with all the screens that everyone has. Yeah. Uh, that, my brother is significantly younger than me and growing up, I've witnessed him, you know, especially through exam periods, nearly kill my parents with just them having to constantly tell him to, no, that's enough, that's enough. And then he'll just pull out his phone and then start playing his phone. Yeah. So they turn off the Wi-Fi. And it's like other people in the house are saying, well, hang on, I need to use the internet. This is not a perfect solution. So I know it's hard. I know it must be yeah. really flipping hard to do it these days. But um, I don't know. I think it's there needs to be an element of control from the parents but there also needs to be an element of responsibility from the the child as well they need to understand why this stuff is happening and why they're they're having stuff taken away from them or whatever i gave up my ps3 during my exam period because i knew that the exams were important and i knew that i wouldn't revise if i had my ps3 in my room and i had a copy of gta 4 that had just come out but i'd given up my ps3 so i couldn't play it so I just gave it to one of my uh, classmates for like two months and then took it back again. Um, and that yeah. copy of GTA 4, of course, was at that time in my life purchased by my friend's dad, who I gave the yeah. money to. And then, yeah, so it's all, yeah, there are better ways of doing it for sure. I had to be quite underhanded in a lot, in a lot of ways. And then when I started playing GTA 4, my parents just didn't care. You know, they just didn't yeah. mind. It turns out maybe I was overthinking how much they cared about that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think I think it's it was important for me to reach that point where I understood that actually okay games are fine, but some things are more important sometimes, and you need to make sure that those come first. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not. It's not even an easy question to answer. You know, I I did a whole U turn even just from the from the point <laughs> of that question being asked to the point we are now. I've I've sat in almost two opposite camps, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very tricky thing. It is to work out. Well, yeah. how about we just get equal parts horrified and amused by a section mm-hmm. that no? Oh, I haven't got my thing. Hang on. 
Oh, me neither, actually. Okay, I've got it. section that everybody loves. It's called Weird News. Weird News. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's weird news time. Welcome, everybody, to the weird news zone. Uh, Peter, have you got some weird news for me? <laughs> you bet your bottom that I've got some weird news for you. Whoa. This, what? Are you okay? Whoa. Did you not like that? It's a strong word. Sorry. Uh, it's from PCGamer.com. Thought we'd mix it up a bit. Uh, it's uh, written by Fraser Brown from PCGamer.com. Oh, okay. Thank you, Fraser. Um, oh, it's auto playing a video. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Hacked Roblox accounts are telling people to vote for Trump. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Better yet, though, is the little subtitle underneath that says, 10-year-olds are a key demographic. Oh, Christ. Uh, so, here we go. Roblox has become the unlikely target of pro-Trump propaganda. The White House is up for grabs again this year, and even a game played by predominantly children under 16 has been unable to escape the impending US election. Spotted by the BBC, some Roblox accounts have been hacked and transformed into Trump bots. <laughs> Sorry, there's a picture of one wearing a make... You know the Roblox are those really wide, blocky... They look like Steve, but they're about three times as broad. Mm -hmm. Uh... It's wearing a Make America Great Again cap and a T-shirt with an American flag and an eagle on it, of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, so they've been transformed into Trump bots, sending other players pro-Trump messages. While Trump's candy floss hair, bright orange skin and love of McDonald's might appeal to children, says PC Gamer, <laughs> they can't vote. So the messages inside... Uh, so Sorry, the messages instead... Tell them to ask their parents. Right. 
Whoever is responsible has gone the extra mile, even dressing up hacked characters in red caps, evocative of the Marga cap, a t-shirt with an eagle and the US flag, a red, white, and blue, co- uh, and red, white, and blue color schemes. Profiles have also been edited with slogans, and searching for profiles using "Ask your parents to vote for Trump this year" generates a huge list. Oh my God. Uh, some players have posted the messages sent by the Trump bots and screenshots of their Trumpified characters on Twitter, as well as telling players to get their parents to vote Trump. The messages contain links to scam sites, so it's unlikely a sincere effort to create more Trump voters, though nothing could surprise me now, mm. uh, says the writer. Uh uh, just uh, at the end here it says this has been going on since last week but the problem persists targeting kids with trump propaganda or any other politicians propaganda is pretty troubling even if no parent is going to change their vote based on what their kid heard on roblox but the greater risk comes from the links to scam sites that could exploit more vulnerabilities unrelated but there's also a weird number of trump themed roblox account roblox accounts on twitter oh okay then uh, and that's it. Just ends there. That's wow. it. Thank you, Fraser Brown. That's low, isn't it? I mean, I, it I have I have a strong suspicion that that is not an official, an official no. decision by some PR company. But either way, no. that is uh, going after ten year olds is not it's not great. Not yeah, great optics not. on that one. Yeah, Good lord. Yeah. Are there, is that the one that goes ooh? Yeah. Ooh. ooh. It's impossible to impersonate. It's such a good noise, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Sort of higher pitched. They're so wide looking. Yeah, why are they so broad? They're... What's that about? What are they feeding they're just them? ripped. What are they feeding these yeah. blocks, huh? McDonald's, apparently, yeah. <laughs> according to PC Gamer. I trust PC Gamer. I've never played Roblox. I don't know how it works. I installed Roblox on my computer. And I got um, a virus. Because... Yeah. Or something happened. I don't know if it was coincidental, but Amy's little brother plays it, and she was talking about Roblox and how funny and weird it is. And she was like, "You should ins- install it and just see some of the strange multiplayer rooms there are, where there's you know odd role playing and you know really weird stuff." And I was like, "Okay, sure, I'll give it a go." I installed it, and my computer blue screened, <laughs> and that was the end of that computer. I was joking. And I had to get a new that's one. Good to know. Roblox. Yeah, I, I think it was coincidental, but it was just as I installed Roblox. <laughs> it so. bricked your PC. Yeah, it did. Roblox bricked my PC. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty weird, but uh, I have a feeling you might have a weird news too to uh, weird us out with. I do. I do. I want to start by saying everyone is fine. Okay. This is from... You never want to hear no. that. You never want to get a phone call from a loved one. Like, now everything's, everything's okay, okay we're, but we're fine. Roblox bricked my PC. <laughs> uh, this is from okay. Jordan Olliman over at IGN. We both went sort of delving oh. into the internet a little bit further than Kotaku this week to find weird news. Uh, I just didn't want to do Kotaku oh, again, so I, just, I couldn't find I anything. I deliberately just. On oh, Kotaku, no. This I was let down by Kotaku this week. Although we've just been tweeted a really good one that we'll save for next yeah. week, which is from Kotaku. So clearly that went live after we got our weird news. But uh, I just didn't bother looking. I just thought let's let's mix it up. So I went to PC Gamer oh, straight away and found oh. that. Well, here we go. Are you ready from IGN? Rocket sure. League streamer seemingly shocked by lightning strike during stream. 
What? A professional Rocket League player, Karma, is thankfully fine, is the subtitle. Okay, here we here we go. A professional Rocket League player was apparently shocked by a lightning strike while they... While... Oh my god, IGN. A professional Rocket League player was apparently shocked by a lightning strike while they playing the game live on stream. First uh, sentence. This is why we stick with this Kotaku. Is, Kotaku at least has some level of spell check. <laughs> Jordan Olliman, you if I refresh this, it better have been corrected. Let me have a look. Because I've had this open since yesterday. Right. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Still there. While they're playing the game. Twitch streamer Karma's neighbor Oh my god, again, even this line. Twitch streamer Karma's neighbor's house was struck by lightning during a thunderstorm, and as a result, the jolt appears to have travelled into her room and hit the controller she was using to play the game. Karma was not on camera at the time of the strike, but can be heard reacting to it. We're not going to play that audio. It does say that some viewers <laughs> may find the footage disturbing. I'm sure it is. Uh, you can hear Karma explaining the situation in a subsequent clip from her stream, where she talks about how the lightning may have travelled into her house, causing the controller to spark and burn her hands. Oh god! The streamer sought medical attention after the event, and thankfully she has since told her fans on Twitter that she is fine. The streamer was casting a Rocket League series when the strike occurred, and the controller she was holding is now broken as a result. We hope Karma makes oh a speedy god. recovery. That's pretty weird news. That's... Wow. And underneath it says, in other Rocket League adjacent news, check out this unlicensed Quidditch Rocket League hybrid game that was recently... IGN. <laughs> IGN. Anyway, she's fine. She's burnt her hands, but she's fine. So, Quidditch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to save some money? That's awful. No. That's awful. Oh, what a horrible writer. Spell check your articles. Uh, this is not good. This is not good writer at all. Um, oh, dear me. Lightning yeah, strike. Yeah, so it blew up the controller. Uh, there's a tweet embedded from Karma at Karma with an H T V. Um, actually, think actually think I just got struck by lightning through my controller. WTF? Update: Talking to doctor, hands are burned and controller is broken. Unlucky is what it says. I think lucky is actually. It's the phrase, I thought you right? said talking, talking to Doctor Hansa Burn. <laughs> doctor Hamza Burn. Yeah. Hello, I'm Doctor Hamza Burned. No, but there we yeah. go. Uh, Rocket League can officially get you struck by lightning now. It seems obviously we're very happy to hear that Karma is okay because that could have been For worse. Sure. That's spooky, that. There's some sort of pun about like, oh, well, that's Karma or, you know, yeah. lightning doesn't strike twice mm. or, you know, but again, she burnt her hands, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I wouldn't hold out much hope. Uh, Jordan's going to pick up the ball and run with that either, given the given the writing in this <laughs> article. So never mind. Yeah, uh, can't even string a regular sentence together, let alone a There pump. we go. So, that's it. So yeah. that's the weird news. Hope you enjoyed it. It's time for another question. Certainly is. This is from Duncan Wilson. Duncan's mm -hmm. Wilson, uh, who says, Salutations, Peter and Ben. As someone who only watches three channels on Twitch, they being Triple Jump, Vidiots, and Boof, I'm not really into live streaming that much, but was interested in the news that Microsoft was shutting down Mixer, its own rival service, uh, leaving some streamers somewhat adrift. Wonder what your thoughts are on this news, and do you think there'll ever be another contender, or will Twitch reign supreme? So, this actually happened. Um... This had already happened by the time we were recording uh, the previous episode, but we, yeah, I guess no one asked the question, mm -hmm. so 
we didn't really discuss it. But uh, yeah, they're they're essentially moving it to Facebook. I think you've got a statement to read, Ben, but that's kind of the the idea. Yeah, yeah. This is a little snippet from GameSpot here. Microsoft has announced that it is shutting down Mixer, its streaming competitor to the likes of Twitch. The Xbox owners will be transitioning over to Facebook Gaming instead. Partnered streamers having the option to be included with the move or return to Twitch. Hmm. I don't think yeah. this is gonna go anywhere really <clears throat> i mean mixer didn't make any kind of moves and uh facebook gaming I, i've never heard of it no me neither. i don't know that this is gonna um, the only way this is gonna go well for them is if they poach a load of talent you know i i don't follow big twitch streamers i, I just don't really watch twitch at all but i haven't heard ninja's name mentioned since he left twitch I don't know. I only heard Ninja's name men. It was trending the other day when this happened. Oh, so uh, there you go. Do you reckon he'll return to Twitch? Saying, I don't know oh, if that's confirmed. Yeah, well, exactly. People were saying, oh, well, you know, he you know, he went out on a bit of a limb. He did, I mean, sure, he got paid loads of money to do mm-hmm. it. He didn't just take a risk to be nice to Mixer. But he went out on a limb. He left Twitch. He went to Mixer. And Mixer have let him down. And uh, that's why I think, actually, irrespective of, like, whether they poach big talent... I don't think that's. I don't think they're going to be able to poach big talent at Facebook Gaming because I feel like uh, the you know an attempt was made to do that for Mixer and Ninja and a couple of other people went over there, uh, put their trust in Mixer, took some money for it, uh, and and it's just proven that I guess Mixer the reason they've like just shoved it into Facebook Gaming now is because it probably didn't really get off the ground the way they wanted it to and they've they've just decided well you know this. As a brand, this isn't going to work anymore. We'll have to just just amalgamate it with Facebook. Uh, so I kind of feel like if Facebook Gaming now go sort of sniffing around saying to people, hey, do you want to come over to our channel? I think anyone in their right mind would say, well, no, actually, because people have already, already did that with Mixer and they were let down. Why would I want to leave Twitch and my big Twitch fan base mm-hmm. and go to a new thing that might just crumble around me like it just has done for everyone who went to Mixer. So I think it's completely doomed to fail. I think Facebook gaming has even less chance than Mixer ever had of becoming a successful, you know, a big contender in the Twitch, in the streaming scene. And I think Twitch will now is pretty much, unless there's some huge, huge economic crash that somehow affects Twitch, I don't think Twitch is is ever really in the same way as YouTube is always going to be the video hosting site. I think Twitch is now always going to be the game streaming site. Mm-hmm. It just is like it's, it's got a monopoly, and unless you know something horrible happens to their their stock prices or whatever, um, that it's just they're they're here to stay. Like YouTube yep, is absolutely. Amazon owns Twitch. Amazon is yeah. a uh, it's. It's a it's a larger than normal sized company. Yes, they're doing all right for themselves. Twitch offers Twitch offered the best deal for streamers, even when Mixer was around. Facebook Gaming is going to have to roll out the red carpet to people if they want anyone who's starting starting streaming and doesn't have an established uh, viewership to 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 come to them instead of Twitch. They're going to have to make it. They're going to have to incentivize it so much. To, to make money on that platform. And they're not going to be able to do it. They're not going to match what Twitch has already got. Uh, anyone who's already got a platform on Twitch, as you said, you know, the the, the reputation is already ruined 
for Mixer. And if they're yeah. integrating that to Facebook gaming, then that's not going to change anything. You know, it's just got a different name, basically. There's no reason why they would go yeah. over there unless, like Ninja, they were offered a an absurd amount of money. But even then, the amount that they stand to lose is way more than I would imagine the money that they're going to be offered. Yeah. You know, we would never go to Facebook gaming. Why would we do that? Twitch is the established no. king. If things s- somehow go- swing in the favor of Facebook gaming, we'd maybe consider it. But Twitch would really have to be on its last legs. And as long as it's backed by Amazon and continues to be the market leader, it's not going anywhere. There's, 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 no, there's no competing. There's absolutely yeah. no competing. But in terms of sort of a, as as Duncan asks, what uh, what are your thoughts on this news and if there'll ever be another contender beyond Facebook gaming? I don't know. I don't know of a company bigger than Amazon, bigger than Facebook, binger, b- binger? Bing, Bing, that's it. Bing, bigger, Bing. Than, bigger than Microsoft who would ever even consider getting into the streaming game apart from maybe Apple who, who would yeah. even have the money to think about stepping to Twitch. And if you don't have the well, money, yeah, I mean, it I doesn't think... matter how good your idea is, you're just not going to compete. No, that's it, yeah. And I, th- I think the, the only the only contender, and I still think it will always be second, uh, would just be streaming on mm-hmm. YouTube. You know, we do a bit of that. Um, and in some ways, we find that we at least get mm-hmm. bigger numbers. I guess it helps that we've we've got an actual established YouTube channel on there, and therefore we just get people from that. Uh, so our subscribers come and watch our live videos. Um, that's the benefit of it being a streaming and video hosting platform. Mm. Uh, whereas over on Twitch, you know, some people, they love watching YouTube. It, they've been doing it for years and years and years since, you know, the mid noughties. But they just don't like the idea of going over to, to Twitch to watch stuff. I know that I didn't, you know, Twitch had been around for a long time before I even bothered looking at any Twitch streams because I thought... Uh, what's this new site? You know, I've got enough to, got enough on my plate in terms of being entertained for free. I don't want to go over there as well. Um, so YouTube has that in its favour that it it has like these pockets of huge audiences already there, sitting there, fans of fans of content creators, and then it, all the all YouTube needs is for those creators to start doing a bit of streaming on YouTube, and you know, the the stream goes into someone's sub box, the same as a video. So. It's got that. That helps. Yeah. So that I think that that makes it uh, possibly a contender. But yeah, I don't think other than YouTube, anywhere else is going to come close to Twitch mm. as a streaming site. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So we will we'll see what happens. But I don't think I don't we think will. Much will happen. Right. It's time to move on to a rather large discussion of some kind. Are you ready? It's for certainly this? Is, yeah, I've got okay, my prop. It's time for the big discussion. Yeah. It's big discussion time. This big discussion comes courtesy of Dan Clapper. Oh. Hi, Ben and Peter. In a recent interview, former top PlayStation exec Sean Layden said he thinks current AAA game development is unsustainable. He points to games taking five years to make and game budgets frequently exceeding $100 million, while the price a consumer pays has stayed at $60 for over a decade. His solution was for there to be a return of the 12-15 to hour AAA game that can be made quicker and cheaper. What are your thoughts? Now, before you read this statement, Peter, from... Sure, yes. Layden, which is uh, quotes mm. from him. Um, I initially heard this, and again, you know, proving that context is very important. 
it sounded like he was he was trying to take away my big budget games and yeah. so I, I wrote all sorts of arguments about why they're important and stuff but actually that's not that's not exactly what he's saying he's not saying they need to go away he's just saying analyzing the market can is this sustainable are you going to be able to keep paying $60 for these games and have them continue to be made? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You ready mm. for the statement? Uh, I don't think that in the next generation you can take those numbers and multiply them by two and think that you can grow. I think that the industry as a whole needs to sit back and go, all right, what are we building? What's the audience expectation? What's the best best way to get our story across and say what we need to say? Despite the rising costs, the game's base price remains the same. Uh, despite rising costs, the game's base price remained the same, which makes ballooning budgets and development time even harder to justify. It's been $59.99 since I started in this business, but the cost of games have gone up 10 times, he explained, calling it a freak of nature. If you don't have elasticity on the price point, uh, but you have huge volatility, volatility on the cost line, the model becomes more difficult. I think this generation is going to see those two imperatives collide. So it's understandable what Oof. you're saying there. Well read, by the way. Yeah. Some, some spooky Thank you. words. Yeah, that was, there. well, just strange word order. And yeah. Uh, um, it makes sense. You know, we've been paying $60 for games for a while, and games are getting more expensive to make. I think there's 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 a good chance that we'll end up having to pay more for games or more for certain games and I'm okay with that if it's a game that I really care about and that it's you know of it's it's had a ridiculously expensive development. Um I would say though in terms of thinking games should return to a 12 to 15 hour model I'd say that most AAA games are 12 to 15 hours. It's it's we do get a lot yeah. of RPGs and open world games, but even the ones that are less expensive to make are still, you know, more expensive, uh, are still, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? Even the ones that are less expensive to make are still quite long, longer than that 12 to 15 mm-hmm. hour period. So I think it's just, it, it does come down to genre as much as anything else. You yeah, know, Because does. most of the Uncharted games, they didn't take five years to make, um, but they did... They do fit comfortably into that period and that uh, that playtime, and I'd happily have more games like that. However, I'd I'd like to think that there's still room for both types of game, even if the number of huge games that take years to make is is ultimately reduced, or we have to pay more for those because these massively expensive games are they're really important for driving the industry forward, and not every game needs to be like that, but. If the pioneers of mocap in gaming, for example, didn't blaze that trail beforehand, courtesy of this extra time, courtesy of this extra budget, then games on the whole just wouldn't look as good as they do today. Because those games that had the budget and the time to make them look that good set the standard. And now everyone's matching that. Uh, And personally, I, I really enjoy an expensive game, you know, that took a long time to make. And selfishly, I'd be sad that that they, you know, that they might be eradicated in some money-saving effort. And additionally, I don't think that's going to happen because these games usually sell millions of copies, so they're definitely a worthwhile investment for the company. They're, you know, ninety-nine percent of the time, I'd say these these really long in development, expensive games 
tend to make their money back several times over. You know, your Red Dead Redemptions, your The Last of Us, your Spider-Mans, all that kind of stuff. You know, the games that take ages to come out um, unless yeah. there's something horrible happened in development. So I do think there's there's room for for both types of games and I don't think we're going to lose the the several years in the making $100 million games at all. I think they'll still be around. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, he was a former executive he knows what he's talking about i wouldn't be surprised if in order to 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 meet that need for these games to exist and the desire for these games to exist as the budgets continue to get bigger and bigger as technology gets pushed further and further forward that the base price of games may go up but i don't think they'll disappear no yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the base price went up ultimately um yeah you're right like these this is from someone who understands the the basic numbers really i mean it's it's in a sense, you don't have to have a, a degree in economics or, you know, you don't have to be an accountant to to see that, well, if the budget is this, the time taken to create the game is this, the 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 price to buy it on, on the part of the consumer is this, and this is how many we expect to sell. You know, it's it's a fairly simple bit of arithmetic to work out, well, do we make profit? Are we are we gonna make profit off that? And it's a business, unfortunately, for uh, for us. If you know, it would be nice if everything was still thirty pounds or whatever, uh, and games were just incredible and had enormous budgets. But it's a business, and they have to think about their margins. Um, but uh, equally, if it does turn out that uh, part of the solution to this is to maybe lean a little bit more towards those twelve to fifteen hour uh, style games. You know, in in some ways, I would welcome that. You know, I of course, I love I love the idea of of huge games, open worlds, loads of side quests and collectibles and things to find. Um, but at, in the same breath, you know, I have to say that we we've criticised the likes of Ubisoft in the in the past for just oversaturating their maps with map markers um, and you know a, a, a trillion things to find. And I think there's a happy medium. You know, so I think that uh, by all means there should be, you know, or there could be uh, an increase in the output of these 12 to 15 hour, you know, Uncharted style games, which I think are, are wonderful. I, you know, I would welcome more single player narrative based stuff like we've seen on the PS4 recently. Um, although that being said, some of those have huge budgets all the same. Um, but but when it comes to open world style games, I think there are things that um, the developers could do with focusing on more and think other things that they could, you know, not worry about so much. So don't make me, don't make me wander around collecting feathers, for example, mm -hmm. but by all means have it. I, I remember the first time I played Skyrim and in the, the first like hour or two of gaming, you're almost guaranteed to have a bunch of organic uh, sort of dynamic surprising uh things happen to you that can take place at any time and you know we i'd played oblivion before but it was very rare that things like that happened you would occasionally encounter a highwayman maybe um but in skyrim you know if you uh within like the first hour of the game if you upset someone by stealing from their house or by giving them a punch in the pub uh you'll have that one, I think it invariably occurs quite early on in the game where some hired goons will come up to you in the street and they'll fight you. And if you kill them, you'll find a little note on them that says, oh, I want you to go and kill 
Peter because he punched me in the put all, you know, just get, go and go and take him out. I remember that moment quite strongly thinking, wow, this is like a real living world. And they've really put some time and effort into that kind of uh, that kind of thing, making it feel alive. And I would welcome more of that sort of stuff rather than just filling a world with loads of things to collect. Um, so I think there's there's always room to look at what is currently trendy uh, or what has just kind of become the template. And you know, we're almost stuck in a rut in, in some of these things and just sort of question, okay, we could maybe pare back our budget and uh, what can we cut? What can we stand to remove? Maybe make the world a bit smaller because we don't need to fill it with loads of collectibles. You know, make it make it a little smaller, but maybe more ambitious in some ways. And you know, it's it. I think it's good that these executives or that these that these studios are clearly questioning the current model and and thinking how do we do this? And hopefully, there are ways that they can balance the books without the consumer feeling like. They've either they're now being charged over the odds, or that the quality overall has had to drop in some way uh, in order to keep the price point the yeah. same. So yeah, have to see how it goes. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I I like the I like games as they are, and games are only going to get more complicated. And some people flip and love those collectibles and all those feathers. So oh, they do all the power to them. You know, as as you said, we don't, but. That doesn't mean yeah. that uh, that other people don't as well, and we fully acknowledge that, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of guff in us in some games, you know, a lot of padding, and some things could be taken out. But ultimately, I don't know how much money that would save from the budget. There's a good chance that they just have this no, budget right. to spend, and that's where some of it goes. Um, but it's not like uh, we could save one million if we took out the feathers. Uh, so, no, for sure. But I, you know, that that is a larger point of. Uh, of do do some games need as many bells and whistles as they have uh, and i think what my my point is not just to remove the feathers but i think in in the sense of if you do that and take out lots of other bells and whistles you can actually make it you, you don't need like such a big world in a way to fit these things in and so i mean it seems counterintuitive for me to say oh well if in order to improve the experience the world should be smaller but in some ways i do think i get i just get a bit overwhelmed nowadays by these mm-hmm. things and i think yeah it's not just a case of like taking out some of the side quests and collectibles but by doing that you could then actually have a slightly more streamlined experience even within an open world rpg yeah. but yeah you're right like it, you do have to question how much that would really save linear games are fine I love a linear game. It's it's a breath of fresh air, quite frankly, at the moment. Getting a game that yeah. has levels, you know, that's that's nice. Everything's huge all the time, and uh, that's fine. But that's also a contributor to why these these games take so long to make and are so expensive. But I wouldn't worry about them going anywhere, as I said, and uh, and I think they're they're no. around to stay. But don't be too surprised as the cost of development increase uh, in, uh, continues to increase. Sorry. Um, yeah. that the base price of games may go up as well, finally. It's been a long time, and people have been saying it's going to happen for years, and it hasn't. So it might finally happen. It might finally happen. Don't, yeah. be, don't be too surprised when you see it. It would be nice, though, if, if people were able to... If we could maybe temper expectations or... or you know, people... When, when a new game comes out now, people compare it to other games and think this is how it has to be. But, you know... 
I think, like, for example, Resident Evil 3, there were some things definitely wrong with it in terms of, like, it being overly scripted and stuff like that. But I think, actually, part of the reason people were disappointed with the Resi 3 remake was that they were comparing it to Resi 2, which was a phenomenal game, I thought. Um, but I think if Resi 3 remake had come out and, and that had been the first remake they'd done... I, I, I'd like to think it would actually have had a better reception. And it's like comparing like for like or not like for like in, in perhaps one could argue uh, that, you know, it, you can kind of be disappointed to an extent that you don't have to be. So, uh, you know, I do wonder whether we have expectations that it's good to have high expectations because it drives developers and publishers to bring out, you know, the the next greatest thing you know a, a new fanta- you know push the boundaries and so on uh, but equally if a game comes out like resi 3 which i thought for the most part was pretty good um then it's a shame that you know we feel like it's not as good as it probably actually is objectively because of the expectations and it would be nice perhaps if there could be a slight change in trend towards what we think a game has to be rather than just what it is and 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 like liking it for what it does rather than what it didn't do or what someone else did but uh yeah it's a it's a very fine balance because you do want to keep pushing the boundaries and, and making the next best thing um but yeah i don't know well let us know what you think in the comments below as always and via the uh the the, the various platforms on which we exist yeah, would you like to yeah. know them? YouTube and Twitch is where the content goes out, videos and streams. Uh, it's youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. When we do streams on both of those platforms, we're modded by Lord Rotovich and Cecil Prompts, who do an excellent job and have had to work a little bit harder than normal in the past week or so, I've noticed. Uh, we had someone just come in and spam a load of like, is it ASCII art? ASCII oh, yeah. art? Yeah, just like fill the chat with a load of rubbish. Oh, great. Um, so that was good. Was that was that uh, literally as soon as I took off the thing that said they have to have followed yeah, for ten was. minutes? It yeah, it was. Okay. Thought so. <laughs> yeah, uh, Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's where our social medias happen. Uh, Luke Eldon looks after Facebook for us and also does a great job. We've got a Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. All sorts of rewards over there. You can ask questions right here on the podcast. You can uh, get worst games ever a couple of days early, and you can also access an exclusive room in our Discord. And that Discord you can access by going to bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. And that is modded by Jack and Joe, who also do a great job. The podcast that you're listening to right now, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can get the audio version at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. We've got a website, tripleju.mup, that's J-U.M-P. Uh, where we oh we've got like it says as seen on the BBC on there. It's great. Um, and finally, the live stream VODs are all being uploaded to triplej.merp forward slash VODs, which uh, redirects to our YouTube channel where all our VODs live. Amazing. There we go. Amazing. If you want to follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter, you can at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. You can get lists from us every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream, Blaze It on YouTube, the rest being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly. 
Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. It's not a Worst Games Week, but it will be next week. The podcast is every Saturday, and we do bespoke shows every so often. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. And I believe there's an episode of What X What X Game Means to Me this week, right? Yeah, went out on Friday. Uh, it should have done. Anyway, we're recording ahead of Friday. But it went out on Friday. Uh, what Beyond Good and Evil Means to Me, of course. Obviously, that was his next <laughs> choice. Uh, maybe now we've shut up about it. Now he's at a platform to talk about it for... 12 minutes and you might be quiet uh, I won't you won't go silently into the night and that's fine it's okay. never yeah Peter talk to me about our sponsor again before we go does it burn when you yeah. pee when you look down at the at the burning pee do you, is it sort of red and there's like bits of bits of your mm. body in there mm. yeah it's going into the toilet hope yeah. I hope it's not it's not on the floor don't worry Microsoft Studios have got a tablet for you, for you and all other Weirs of Gore. What's the tablet called? It's Weirs also of called Gore. that it's too. Just, yeah, it's just sort of the brand name. It's, uh, yeah, like Corsadil for people who piss blood when they brush Brilliant. their teeth. Excellent. Thank yeah. you so much, Peter. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the rest of your weekends and take care of yourselves. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.